Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s, with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more, on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone, and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, Gus Edwards, Bob Herring, and Ben Russell all get their first birthday segments. It's not his birthday, but Bernardo de Pace gets his own segment for the very first time as well. And in the final segment, we'll hear about some girly girls. Last week, August 18th, marked the birth in 1879 in Hohensalza, Germany, of Gustav Simon. You know him better as songwriter and vaudevillian Gus Edwards. His family arrived in the U.S. on July 29, 1891, and settled in Brooklyn. As a youngster, he worked in the family's cigar store and as a singer and song plugger. When he was 17, a vaudeville agent created an act called the Newsboys Quintet with Edwards and four other boys and booked them on a nationwide tour. A couple of years later, Edwards wrote his first song, All I Want Is My Black Baby Back which was popularized by May Irwin. While the Newsboys Quintet was entertaining troops at Camp Black during the Spanish-American War, Edwards met lyricist Will Cobb, and the two collaborated on songs for the next 20 years. His other chief collaborator was Edward Madden. Edwards formed his own publishing company in 1905 and produced his own vaudeville review titled School Boys and Girls which opened in 1907 and ran for over 20 years. Searching for new talent for the review, Edwards discovered Groucho Marx, Eddie Cantor, George Jessel, the Duncan sisters, and so many others that he became known as the Star Maker. He was a founding member of ASCAP in 1914 and in 1928 moved to Hollywood to work on films, but returned to the vaudeville circuit after just a couple of years. In the 1930s, Edwards had a radio program on KFWB here in Los Angeles called School Days of the Air. Gus retired in 1939, the same year Paramount Pictures released a musical film about his life titled The Star Maker, starring Bing Crosby. In poor health for the final six years of his life, Gus Edwards died on November 7, 1945 in Los Angeles. Titles from the Edwards catalog include Why Don't You Write When You Don't Need Money, That Welcome on the Mat Ain't Meant for Me, I Never Trouble Trouble Until Trouble Troubles Me, and these. Thank you. 
dreaming of a message of love for someone. There's romance in the air with lovers everywhere. So little sweetheart mine, let's fall in line. It's Of life we fly, or the most of 
The Olds Motor Vehicle Company was founded in 1897 by Ransom E. Olds, and in 1902 produced 635 curved dash vehicles officially called Olds Automobiles, but referred to by the public as Oldsmobiles. They were built on the first automotive assembly line, an invention incorrectly credited to Henry Ford, who was later the first to manufacture cars on a moving assembly line. In 1904, Oldsmobile was the top-selling car company in the U.S., but Ransom Olds left in 1904 due to a dispute and formed the Rio Motor Car Company. In My Merry Oldsmobile was written in 1905 with lyrics by Vincent Bryan. Arthur Collins recorded it solo for Leeds and Catlin in 1905, but later that same year recorded it with Byron G. Harlan for Xonophone, which is the record we just heard. There were at least two other recordings that same year by Billy Murray and Arthur Pryor's band. Before Collins and Harlan, it was Earl Burtnett and his Biltmore Hotel Orchestra with Orange Blossom Time. The Joe Goodwin lyrics were sung there by the Biltmore Trio, Bill Seckler, Eddie Bush, and Paul Gibbons. That was recorded by Brunswick on May 8, 1929 and issued under catalog number 4375, but it was also recorded and issued as an instrumental in the same session. We started our tribute to Gus Edwards with Nat Shilkrit and the Victor Orchestra with School Days from Victor 24178, waxed April 26, 1932. That, too, was an instrumental, but there are, of course, lyrics written by Will D. Cobb. If that arrangement sounds a little odd, it's because that record was made to accompany tap dancing. I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Last week, August 21st, marked the birth in 1896 in Montclair, New Jersey, of Robert Cotterill Herring, to Eugene Herring and the former Emily Cotterill. You know him better as bandleader, arranger, and composer Bob Herring. He studied at the University of Washington and received formal musical training at the Seattle Conservatory of Music. On March 8, 1916, he married Jean Margaret Gravel in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and about six years later they had one son, Robert Jr., who ultimately became a music librarian. The elder Herring was hired as musical director for Cameo Records in 1922, signed a recording contract with Brunswick in 1925, and in 1929 was appointed musical director for the Brunswick Recording Laboratories in New York City. Bob Herring's orchestra was heard on radio throughout the 1930s. For five weeks in the summer of 1931, Bob Herring and his post-Branflakes Orchestra were heard twice weekly on radio station KGU in Honolulu, Hawaii, with the band described as having a sparkling personality, striving for something different, and achieving it. The band was also heard on the Brunswick Brevities program and Your Hit Parade and Sweepstakes, sponsored by the American Tobacco Company and Lucky Strike Cigarettes. In the 1940s, Herring was musical editor at publisher Shapiro Bernstein. Bob Herring died in Berryville, New York on February 18, 1975, 
but not before leaving us with hundreds of great records, including this one.
Now, clearly, that is not Bob Herring and his orchestra, as himself or under any of his dozens of pseudonyms. It is, however, the Waikiki Hawaiian Orchestra with Hawaiian Rainbow, from Edison 51103, recorded November 10, 1922. The Waikiki Hawaiian Orchestra was directed by Frank Ferreira, the first star of Hawaiian music. So, why play that record in a segment about Bob Herring? Well, because Hawaiian Rainbow was composed by Bob Herring. Other Herring tunes include Dawn of Tomorrow, Concerto for Two, My Midnight Star, and Fanny Tinkle. That was an instrumental, but nonetheless, Bob's wife, lyricist Jean Gravel, is credited on the Edison label, and there are at least a couple of vocal recordings of Hawaiian Rainbow, including by Vernon Dahlhart. We started off our salute to Bob Herring with Sweet Elaine, recorded around January 20, 1928, and again around February 2nd with takes B and D, both issued on Cameo 8123, as by the Society Nightclub Orchestra. The vocalist is unidentified, but Irving Kaufman is confirmed on a couple of sides in the latter session, so I'm going with that. Sweet Elaine was composed by Harry Armstrong with the words by Richard H. Girard. Henry W. Harry Armstrong was born July 22, 1879, and although he did some boxing, is not to be confused with the three-time world champion boxer Henry Armstrong. Harry Armstrong was a booking agent, producer, singer, pianist, and composer, best known for his 1903 hit, also written with Gerard, Sweet Adeline. A couple of weeks ago, on his 21st regular weekly Thursday Night from the Parlor Facebook broadcast, my friend, accordionist extraordinaire Matt Tolentino, encouraged everyone to go to YouTube following his broadcast to watch a 1927 Vitaphone short titled Bernardo de Pace, The Wizard of the Mandolin, and I encourage you to watch it as well. Bernardo de Pace was born in Italy in 1881 and was an actor, musician, and vaudeville entertainer in the 1910s and 20s, billed as The Wizard of the Mandolin, an apt description as you'll see from the film. His technique was described as involving the most difficult violin and piano compositions, executed at inconceivably rapid tempi, demanding an uncanny technique seldom heard on fretted instruments. Bernardo and his older brother, guitarist Nicholas, performed across Europe and in 1909 arrived in the U.S., where they also toured extensively. During the 20s, they began performing separately, with Bernardo describing himself as a vaudeville actor as late as 1940, after which he worked with the Metropolitan Opera. Bernardo de Pace died June 15, 1966, in Brooklyn, New York. Bernardo was heard on the radio as well as on record, and here are a couple of examples. Thank you. 
to being a phenomenal mandolin player, Bernardo de Pace was also a composer, and we started our tribute with his own composition, Neapolitan Caprice, from Victor 20670, waxed March 14, 1927, also issued in Italy and Mexico. That was followed by Bernardo on mandolin and Brother Nicholas, credited as Nino de Pace on guitar, with the Bersus from the opera Jocelyn by Benjamin Goddard. That's from Columbia A2353, recorded May 15, 1917. We finished up with Sir Harry Lauder with a lovely song, Love Makes the World a Merry-Go-Round. Fred Quintrell conducted the orchestra on that February 12, 1924 Victor record. On the label, it says dedicated to Rotary International. Why? Harry Lauder joined the Rotary Club of Glasgow in 1914, and was one of its greatest supporters, describing it as the greatest and grandest cooperative institution ever founded. So what does all that have to do with Bernardo de Pace? Well, Love Makes the World a Merry-Go-Round was written by Harry Lauder, William Montague, and Bernardo de Pace. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7 KISL Avalon and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available 24-7 on demand anytime at all online at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com. 
and we're on all the major podcast directories. Last week, we celebrated lyricist, songwriter, and composer Benny Russell's birthday. This week, we're celebrating lyricist, songwriter, and composer Ben Russell. Ben Russell and Benny Russell have separate entries in the discography of American historical recordings, but our friend Vince Giordano confirmed that Ben and Benny are indeed the same person, with credits from 1919 to 1948. And with that kind of output, I figured he deserved another segment. And here to start it off is Elliot Shaw.
handkerchief. What a dirty trick I played. I put red pepper in it, and she sneezed for a week and a half. Oh, my gal, don't love me anymore. Oh, my gal, don't love me anymore. She asked me for a sealskin coat, so I gave her my straw hat. Oh, my gal, don't love me anymore. We both had jobs. She worked all day, and I would work all night. She didn't even have a chance. Say, how do you like this song? Oh, my gal, don't love me anymore. Oh, my gal, don't love me anymore. I called her up at 5 a.m. She called me down at 6. Oh, my gal, don't love me anymore. I took her to a swell cafe. I thought that I would die. I asked her what she liked for dessert, and she said beefsteak pie. Oh, my gal, don't love me anymore. Oh, my gal, don't love me anymore. She said she couldn't marry me because she had a cold. Oh, my gal, don't love me anymore. I thought that I would end it all and jump right in the lake. I then remembered I can't swim, I think it's all a fake. Oh, my gal, don't love me anymore. Oh, my gal, don't love me anymore. I looked for a rope to hang myself, but the United were short of cigars. Oh, my gal, don't love me anymore. Now, this song has 90 verses. I could sing them all tonight. But what's the use of showing off? I know that I'm all right. Oh, my gal, don't love me anymore. Oh, my gal, don't love me anymore. Our innocent friends are satisfied. What more could we expect? Oh, my gal, don't love me anymore. There's a fun record. Arthur Hall singing Ben Russell's lyrics to Cliff Friend's tune, My Gal Don't Love Me Anymore. Aw. The label of Edison 51592 credits tenor Arthur Hall, but the other male voices and the whistler are unidentified on that March 27, 1925 recording. Before Arthur Hall, it was Nat Shilkrit conducting the orchestra with Jane Green singing the Billy Rose lyrics to A Mama Like You and A Papa Like Me. Ben Russell and Harry Woods share composer credit on that one, recorded January 30, 1925. Elliot Shaw started the segment with You Didn't Care When You Broke My Heart, So Why Should I Care Now? The lyricist was Howard Johnson. Not that one, the other one. Victor 19176 was recorded October 17, 1923. Last week I played You Can't Blame the Girlies at All by Arthur Fields. All right, you're way ahead of me. Here's a set of rapidly rotating records about girlies, beginning with Irving Kaufman. Wrote to her one day 
when I call to love my girl, her hopes are always there. That's why I'm blue. What shall I do? And Beatrice said, never despair. Take your girlie to the movies if you can't make love at home. There's no little brother there who always squeals. You can do an awful lot in seven reels. Take your lessons at the movies and have love scenes of your own. Though she's just a simple little ribbon clerk, close your eyes and think you're kissing Billy Burke. Take your girlie to the movies if you can't make love at home. Take your girlie to the movies if you can't make love at home. All the soldiers go there when they're on a lark. You should see how they maneuver in the dark. Take your tips from Douglas Fairbanks and have love scenes of your own. Stealing kisses in the dark is just immense. Where can you get half as much for 20 cents? <laughs> Take your girlie to the movies if you can't make love at home. When the show is over and it's time to leave, don't forget to brush the powder from your sleeve. <laughs> Take your girlie to the movies if you can't make love at home. If you have some trouble keeping her awake, Start to love your next-door neighbor by mistake. <laughs> Take your girlie to the movies if you can't make love at home. Going to your seat, you've got a dandy chance. You can shine your shoes on someone else's pants. <laughs> Take your girlie to the movies. If you can't make love at Have you 
Surely who has a boy in France? She was always feeling sad and blue, you could tell in that land. But now upon her face you see a look of joy and pride. It's because she knows that he will soon be by her side. Oh, what a time, what a time for the grave. Without a pet. And oh, what a time, what a time for the granny when the boys come marching home. Oh, what a time, what a time for the granny when the boys come marching home. They'll get the kissing that they've been missing when they were over the wall. Your hand and holler, come on, run. And oh, what a time, what a time, what a time, when the boys come marching
I like that record. I like that record a lot. Why can't a fellow like me get a girly like you? Written by Joel Sanders. Curiously, the Coon Sanders Orchestra didn't record it, but Arthur Lange did, on the cameo label, number 934, around March 23, 1926. Before that, the Avon Comedy 4, with the slightly suggestive... Oh, what a time for the girlies when the boys come marching home. Written by Sam M. Lewis, Joe Young, and Harry Ruby. Columbia A2692 was recorded on New Year's Eve, 1918. I've played Take Your Girlie to the Movies only once, back in 2011. That's right, by Billy Murray. This time, you heard it by Irving Kaufman from Columbia A2756, waxed May 19, 1919. Take Your Girlie to the Movies was written by Edgar Leslie, Bert Kalmar, and Pete Wendling. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. <laughs>